the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on KLUP 930 AM The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. Today's going to be a very special edition of Talk Law Radio. I'm here with my dad, Dr. Terry Marquardt, and we're going to be talking about his music career uh, which spans his whole life, um, <laughs> as opposed to uh, optometry and laser surgery, which was just a short time, 50 years, right? Yes, 46 years. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I'm glad it, to be here. It's so awesome for you to agree to put yourself through all this production so that I can have a good show. Yeah, well, I'm used to that. You know, I was in the legislature, so I had to make a lot of speeches, and I had to be on TV a lot. So uh, it's it's great. It's a great um, coming back for me. That's right. And I want to remind you that you introduced me to radio. Yeah. Because you were supposed to be on somebody's radio show, um, but you also had uh, another campaign event. And so you told them that I was going to fill in for you. And I talked about some of your accomplishments and some of the bills that you had introduced. And that's really all I remember about it. Well, you were always a great asset to uh, to my administration. Thank you for saying so. <laughs> yeah. I, I did give speeches also. Yeah. So that was... The radio appearance was probably after some experience giving uh, live speeches. Well, the the biggest uh, thing you ever did for me was uh, going door to door and as a little 10-year-old kid saying, Hi, I'm Todd Marquardt, and I'm here to ask you to vote for my dad. And that <laughs> uh, right. that helped a lot. It did. It, it helped me to communicate with people and to uh, confront uh, new and un un circumstances that's yeah. the word i want like a, a threatening environment for that's a little right kid. yeah strangers um but today we're going to be talking about your music career and so first i want to go down uh memory road um but i have to mention uh one of our sponsors hector signs who's a business consultant and tax specialist with liberty tax service south san antonio you can call Hector Signs, if you want to talk about year-end tax planning at 210-355-3267, 210-355-3267. Uh, 
3267 or email hector.signs, that's S as in Sam, A-E, N as in Nancy, Z, at libertysouthsan.com. And you can discuss your unique circumstances uh, for year-end tax planning with him. But before we get started, i like to start with a prayer. Sure. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and that you have given us. And uh, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins and uh, of our mistakes and for failing to follow your will. Please help uh, Dad and me have a good conversation on the radio about uh, Dad's music career. Help us to do everything we do for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're also thankful for Hector because uh, tax laws are always changing, and uh, it's important that you have a consultant that keeps you up to date on that. And it's important for uh, uh, us because he helps keep us on the air. That's right. Thank you, Hector. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking uh, to my dad, Dr. Terry Marquardt, about his legacy or legacies. The only thing longer than your career in optometry and laser surgery is your music career, which started when you were five years old. So we'll get into that and we'll... Listen and watch as we stroll down memory lane with the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Terry Marquardt. (laughs) Orale. (laughs) Okay, so we're starting with our bonus segment, which airs on Sundays, uh, but you can also tune in on Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock in the morning, where I talk about hidden legal issue blind spots, like taxes, like estate planning, And uh, like anything, if you know of some law that you're confused about or that you want more information on, give me a call at uh, 210-308-8867 or email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. So I just want to remind everybody, you've already been on the show two times but uh, we might be talking with other listeners today that might not know you so well. So uh, just give us a little bit of background, um, where you grew up and what you did for a living, and then I'll ask you about your music. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Todd Marquardt's dad, and uh, I was born in uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico, and uh, born and raised there, went to uh, public high school there. Uh, went to the University of New Mexico, uh, went to the uh, Southern College of Optometry in Memphis, Tennessee, um, practiced uh, optometry and laser surgery uh, until I retired um, uh, approximately two years ago. Um, I'm still licensed in Texas, New Mexico, and Colorado, um, but I haven't seen a patient in a couple of years. And during covid you volunteered to help people get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, had, uh, that was right when I was entering retirement. And so I uh, pr- provided injections uh, for the COVID vaccine um, with the uh, Colorado uh, Public Health Department. And that was a great calling for you. You felt like that you had the skills and you had the time and 
you wanted to do what you could to keep people healthy. You bet. They they needed doctors and they needed uh, people to give the shots, and and I was uh, available, and uh, it was um, it was it was a fulfilling uh, position for me. Tell us how how you got started in music. Well, um, music has always been an important um, a part of our life. Uh, growing up, uh, there was always music in our house. Um, there were songs that my mom liked to play on her um, record player, uh, which was like Three Coins in a Fountain, um, uh, Doris Day song, Queso uh, Ra, Sarah, Whatever Will Be, Will Be. And um, so I, I remember those songs, you know, flowing through our house. And um, uh, in those days, um, yeah, that was 1954, um, there, there was no public uh, education for kindergarten. Um, and, but my mother was anxious to get me started in, on learning and uh, so she um, enrolled me in uh, a dance and music class when I was five years old. And I was on that path until I was in second grade. And then I, I was focused on baseball from then on. <laughs> so the, the dance that I know about is that you learned how to tap dance. Is that right? I, was, I took tap lessons and ballet. And um, uh, I liked tap better because it was seemed more of a masculine thing for me to be doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also, uh, uh, when I did a, a recital, um, I would sing along with my tap dance. And um, that was the beginning. Wow. And this goes back to Grandmommy's love for um, dancing and big band music with, uh, with granddaddy yeah they uh, like i said music was always a big part of our lives in in the marquardt family um and she wanted me to have uh the best uh as far as culture and um arts and just like uh when you were growing up um uh, one of the rules we had in our house was um you had to be involved in in one uh, arts program as well as one athletic program and you did a number of things like uh, karate uh you did baseball you did mm-hmm. swimming you did tennis and you also uh, played in the band right and your brother Tyrone um uh, he was more of the interested in the athletic side of life and his requirement was he had to participate in in, in, as well as athletics he had to do an art program also and he also chose the band to 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 be a part of that he played the trumpet yes he did yeah he wanted to play the saxophone and i i when i uh, when i played in jazz bands I just loved screaming trumpets. I just loved that 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 mm-hmm. a- asset that they brought to the to the music, and um, I encouraged him to play the trumpet, and and he and he did. And I played the saxophone. And you played the saxophone, uh, and I was happy to encourage you in that. And and uh, I remember going to your uh, solo in an ensemble festival and hearing you play your solo. It was it was fantastic. 
It was a lot of fun. Uh, someday I hope to retire and get back to playing like hey, you did. <laughs> well, I look forward to that. Okay, so you did tap dance, and uh, in 1958, you were about eight years old. That's when things started in choir at the church. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, Trinity Lutheran Church uh, uh, was, a, was a small rural church and had a lot of the, the rural uh, characteristics of, of a close-knit church family. And um, also, uh, they wanted to expand and have offerings for the youth. And so they started a youth choir. Uh, you had to be in third grade because they wanted you to be able to read the words, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the main requirement. And so they they invited me to sing in the choir, and and I was I wanted to do that, and um, and so we we rehearsed on Saturdays, and the pastor's wife was the organist. And there was also a, a, a lady, uh, Mrs. Schrader, that had vocal experience, and so she was the choir director, not only for the children's choir, but for the adult choir also. And uh, so they, uh, they made, they must have been just like white sheets, you know, and, and, the, and just cut a hole, like, and, and had a little collar, and it was more like a poncho. You just pulled it on right. over your head. And a big red bow, uh, mm-hmm. and that was our choir robe. I've seen that on TV before. Yeah, other kids wearing that same style. So th- then that led you to uh, a music theater opportunity. Um, oh no! This is the song. Oh yeah, that you audition, used to audition. Mm-hmm. We were uh, we were going somewhere as a family, uh, out to eat or maybe to church or coming home from church, and I heard on the radio um, they were uh, uh, advertising a uh, upcoming Broadway production that the uh, musical, the local musical theater was going to put on. It was Damn Yankees, and. Um, uh, they said they were looking for for uh, participants, and uh, you could come audition. And um, uh, when that when the advertisement on the radio was over, I told I told my parents um, I I want to do that. I want to try out for this this play. And they they hadn't even paid any attention, of course, to the mm-hmm. what was on the radio. It was just noise. And so my mom did the research with the radio station of where to go, what you had to do. And and so they required um, an audition and uh, bring your own music. And uh, I, the only music I had was my vacation Bible school um, music book. Mm-hmm. And um, we had just finished Bible school, actually, uh, that summer. And um, so that that song uh, was fresh in my mind, and we sang it every day at Bible school. And uh, it, uh, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. And um, uh, that was what I used to audition with. And you got the part. I got the part. I was in the in the chorus uh, for Damn Yankees. For gotta have heart. You gotta have heart. My 
miles and miles and miles apart. Oh, it's fine to be a genius, of course. Does that bring back a memory? Absolutely. And you know, you, uh, we were you asked me earlier. Uh, you know, what kind of songs um, influenced my life and what was my playlist when I was nine years old? Well, this that song uh, has uh, carried me through life, and I remember it. It's uh, when your luck is batting zero, get your chin up off the floor. Mister, you can be a hero. You can open any door. There's nothing to it but to do it. And that was a that was a driving force in my life. I remembered that all through high school and college and medical school. Uh, that you know, yeah, this is hard, but you can do it. All you have to do is have do heart. It. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, and during that production, uh, something funny happened where you were standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. Tell us about that. Well, you, the, it was a big production. The, the choir, the, the whole chorus was, was singing. And, um, and then as the song, as we were completing the song, the curtain uh, was, was closing. And I guess for some reason I was just a little bit forward uh, of the curtain. And the curtain closed behind me. And so uh, the the entire audience was there watching the stage. The curtain closed, and it, there's this one little kid just standing right <laughs> in, in front of the curtain. And I couldn't find an opening in the curtain to go back backstage. Right, right. And so it was a it was a it was an a- addition to the program that the audience enjoyed, but it was purely by accident. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, and then um, your next opportunity uh, in production came when? Well, let's see. What did we say after the um – Well, when you did Cowboy Joe, how did that come about? Well, I, that was about when I was in fifth grade. Um, I w- went to elementary school with a kid. His name was Jerry Brown. And he had a, a fantastic voice even as a as a 10-year-old. And uh, the uh, the the music teacher uh, that came to our school once a week to teach us music, and uh, uh, she wanted to feature him. He had such a t- natural talent, and so she featured him in this song, uh, "Ragtime Cowboy Joy," Joe, and um, she wanted a backup kind of a quartet uh, to sing the chorus with him. And so the toughest, toughest man by far was Ragtime Cowboy Joe. He got his name from singing to the cows and sheep. And so he sang that solo part. He sang the solo part, and then uh, the the quartet uh, background music was was me and a couple of other guys, and it was. He always sings raggy music to the cattle as he swings back and forward in the saddle on a horse that is syncopated, gated, and there's such a funny meter to the roar of his repeater how they run when they hear that fellow's gun because he's a western folks all know he's a highfalutin rootin' tootin' son of a gun from Arizona ragtime cowboy, syncopated cowboy, <laughs> ragtime cowboy Joe. That's great, even <laughs> after all these years. I know all the words. 
Okay, and how did that uh, influence uh, the next step in your uh, journey? This was all before you started band, right? Right. Um, uh, Fifth grade was also a turning point for music in the public school system because that in fifth grade you could um, elect uh, to to take music lessons. And uh, the kids that chose that path – um, they went to band. Um, I think we went every day. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, the other, the people that weren't in the band, they went to art class. So art was an important part of public education in those days. Every kid got it. Um, and music was also an important mm-hmm. part of public education in those days. And, um, I, I I went into the music program. So tell us the beginning parts of that process of what it was like for you that very first night when you were picking out which interest instrument you wanted to play. Well, you know, it it, uh, I, it, it was another uh, factor of I was just paying attention. You like the radio uh, advertisement right. for the Broadway play. Um, also, the um, uh, f- for music, there was an announcement in school that said, you know, for those that are uh, interested in music, um, there's going to be um, a, um, a a program at one of the elementary schools that had a big cafeteria, and um, the the the, mu- the band directors would be there uh, to kind of help guide you uh, to what instrument instrument might be best for you based on the anatomy of your lips and your mouth and your teeth and uh, uh, and also to give you an idea give the student an idea of what instrument they might like to play and so um, I told my parents that I'd like to go to this introduction and uh, so my dad took me and we went to the school cafeteria and they had one of the music stores in town had had a display of all kinds of musical instruments, and they had uh, uh, employees who were well versed in music there, and the band director was there, and so um, uh, we went and I talked to the band director, and he looked in my mouth and he said, "You can play just about anything you'd like to play." So we moved on. And I told my dad I wanted to play the drums, and my dad, he uh, he 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 grew up uh, in the day in Chicago, and he loved music. And he, he and my mom went dancing in the big dance studios, just about every week or every month, and uh, but to to live big band music, mm-hmm. and uh, but. Uh, in those days, uh, just like with our rock icons now, um, there was usually a problem with narcotics and um, um, substance abuse. And um, he, uh, the drummers, he knew he knew a couple drummers that particularly he just he, he thought of them as wild, crazy men. And he 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 told me he said, "You want to play the drums?" Go in the backyard, get a stick, and beat on some tin cans. You don't need music lessons for that. <laughs> and um, and so I, 
the reason I wanted to play drums is because, you know, when I watched um, I Love Lucy on TV, uh, the Ricky Ricardo band, uh, they always featured the drummer. And so that that's what I wanted to be, the featured guy. And um, my dad said, no. And so do you want to know the story from there? Well, we'll have to pick that up in the next segment. Okay. But before we end this bonus segment... I want you to tell us uh, the joke about the drummer. Uh, what joke is that? Well, um, what do you call a drummer? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, uh, so in my musical career now as an adult, um, you know, you, we, there's there's kind of humor among ourselves. And so what do you, um, what do you call a drummer? Uh, that that doesn't have a girlfriend, single. Well, you call him that, but <laughs> homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, the thought is that they're they're always trying to get the next gig, and it doesn't pay very well. Right. Yeah. Uh, but something interesting that I remember about the drums is. Um, there was a, a program when I was in school. For some reason, uh, we had the day off for a holiday or something. There was an event at the Rocket, um, the Eagle's Nest, the uh, the restaurant. Uh-huh. And uh, your band had a gig that day. And uh, maybe that's why I went. I just don't remember the circumstances. But you were there with your band, and I was there. And... Uh, you had your saxophone, but but someone called over, hey, Terry, and then you got on the drums. <laughs> and it, it was one of those slow songs where uh, you had the brush on the, on the, uh, on the, the drum. On the snare drum and the, the cymbal. Right. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. I, I, I was thinking, I didn't know Dad could play the drums. <laughs> well, I... I my my um, infatuation with the drums continued, <laughs> even though my dad didn't want me to play it. Uh, when in a rock and roll band that I played in when I was in high school, um, I basically my main instrument was bass guitar, electric bass. Um, but um, uh, there was one song that we did that where the drummer was our featured uh, soloist, uh, and. Um, so I played the drums while he took the front and and oh okay and, and sang that That's song. That's great. We'll have to get back to the rest of your music history in the next segment. Okay. So stay tuned or check in with uh, Talk Law Radio in the Saturday show. Stay tuned. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.